Hey, and welcome back to another episode on The Cult. Um, I'm your host, Adam Knox, and I'm, I'm very happy to have you with me today. I'm creating today's episode because of a couple of questions that I've been receiving um, from some of you. Um, mostly about the format and some of the ideas and the subjects of the cult and what we're going to be covering inside of that series, as well as why, why those are specific. And even though this is useful information for somebody that's trying to um, make a decision about joining the cult and going through that training process, I also think that these are core fundamental ideas. And quite honestly, whether you get them through that process or these just become key subjects for you to study on your path of development, um, I think it's still going to be beneficial for you as an individual. So I just want to I want to touch on those ones today and then talk a little bit about um, some of the exciting um, interviews and concepts that we've got coming up forward, as well as a little bit of, you know, format changes that we're going to try and adhere to um, that I hope will bring things to a more interesting perspective for you. So there are 12 major sections inside of the cult um, philosophy, so to speak. These are these are the 12 major areas. And it's not it's not coincidental that that kind of aligns up with the 12 signs of the zodiac and that entire symbolism behind that, that one plus two equals three um, in terms of the wholeness of self and experiencing self in a holistic kind of way. So let's kind of just kind of get into the meat of that idea. Why why these stages? Why these phases of development? Well, it's been my personal experience that a lot of people venture into magic, into shamanism, into spirituality, um, and they're making a lot of assumptions. You know, oftentimes people will pick up a book and uh, it'll be a well-meaning author. But the catch is that author has done a lot of personal work within themselves. They've come up with certain assumptions or models of the world that they take for granted. Even if you're you're learning relationship management um, or dating, um, lots of the teachers that are teaching you that may assume that you've already done your inner work as a woman you or your inner work as a man in order for those those outer steps to even work for you in the first place. And I find that sometimes the biggest thing. You know, a lot of people approach this vast subject of the esoteric world and spirituality, all these things, and they come at it from one angle and they sometimes have missing, they're missing the groundwork. You know, they, they come in and they're trying to learn, for example, ceremonial magic, but they're lacking any good knowledge of Kabbalah. Um, or for example, they're trying to explore shamanism at a very deep level, but they've never even really heard of plant medicine. Or they've done plant medicine, but they've never done actual inner therapy work on themselves to kind of really make these things click and connect. And that's part a parcel of why there are these stages. Now, I know as a as a practitioner of, you know, again, 20, year, 20 plus years, that there were a lot of difficult challenges for me to overcome, especially in the early part of my work. And this is specifically why I have structured things in such a way in my own teachings and my own ideas, because I think that before a person does more of the advanced stuff, for example, before they really venture into sexual magic um, or they venture into, you know, draconian magic, they should have done a little bit of internal therapy. You know, they should have done a little bit of internal healing and really identified those items within their psyche. Otherwise, it can be far more destructive than it can be good. So 
that's kind of like my why, you know, and my why is very much um, before you go further and deeper into the more complicated and challenging parts of this, that you want to make sure that you have a solid foundation, you know, that you've, you've done the groundwork. And this can oftentimes help even when we get to certain stages and we find ourselves plateauing to kind of look back at these things and go, oh, what am I missing? You know, what What have I overlooked? What do I need to go refine? There's a, there's a great philosophy that says, you know, the key to a black belt is not advancing your new skills, but practicing fundamentals daily. And I think that's so profound. You know, again, even after all of these years, whenever I find myself going through a, a personal tragedy or a different challenge in my life, um, I realize that even though new ideas and concepts do help me, it's sometimes going back to these foundational things and refining them and repeating them that really gets me through that stage and helps me. And I think these are the things that helps us to gain to mastery. It's the same thing as an art. You know, a great, um, you know, a creative, you know, like we say, a photographer can take a thousand shots and it's guaranteed that one or two of them are going to be good. You know, whereas an expert can take two shots and they're both great. And this is oftentimes because that expert is practicing the fundamentals. They're looking at the color theory. They're looking at contrast. They're looking at these core principles. And they're always bringing those things top of mind. And this is what, you know, achieves them or allows them this degree of mastery that everyone else kind of suffers with. So just a kind of brief overview what these... 12 modules are, or these 12 ideas that I think everyone should be applying. The first one is very much purpose. And I know we've heard this a million times, but it's the, it's the why are you doing what you're doing? Because if you don't know, I like the old quote, um, where, there, where there is no vision, the people perish. And this is true. Um, if you don't know your why, you're never going to be able to overcome the inertia you know, of the, demi, of the demiurge. You're never gonna be able to create the changes unless you not only know your why, but you're completely and totally associated with your why. This is the falling in love. You know, when we say love is the will, love is the law, love conquers all, so to speak. Oftentimes the reason we're preventing ourselves from taking action is because we have mixed meanings, you know, we uh, of what action is going to mean. And so we stop ourselves, but this is often simply because we don't have a clear enough why. We don't have a clear enough reason to be doing this. And we're not in touch with our core reason. You know, we may be finding ourselves at an ego reason for doing that. And that may be great for a quick little drive. You know, you get a lot of magicians that just want to do a ritual for the sake of a ritual to see if they can do it. This rarely is effective and sometimes can actually be quite dangerous, um, especially the, depending on the nature of the ritual or the nature of the practice and open up doors that they are not ready to deal with because they're not approaching this holistically. So when we look at purpose, we need to look at this very much from a planetary point of view. What is my underlining motives? You know, why am I doing this? And is this right for me? You know, where are my delusions and things like that? And once we kind of get this understanding of my why, then we very quickly become aware of our resistance to it. I like saying that, you know, God or universe or Satan or Lucifer or Jesus or whatever your deity of choice is, um, self even, loves you unconditionally. In other words, when you say anything, it goes, I want to give that to you. So if you say, oh, life is great, it goes, this is this is a good request. Sure, I'll give you more of this life is great belief. But if you go, oh, life is terrible, it goes, well, that's an odd request, but I love you unconditionally. So sure, I'll give you that. And we then often wonder because we're saying these negative things with so much emotion and so much intensity, creating neurological changes in our brain and setting ourselves up for failure. 
And then we wonder why these things happen to us when we're in the opposite side of it. So this is the introspective stage. And this brings us to what I believe is the second module. I call this the Lord of Lies, you know, which is the observer effect. The concept of the Lord of Lies is something that's very oftentimes misunderstood. You know, there's that classic um, idea that the devil is the Lord of Lies and the Prince of Darkness. Now, if we give up that um, old archaic Christian mindset, which, you know, Abrahamic mindset, which is really not even the case anymore in this era that we live in today. But it's we still have those lingering ideas that kind of follow through. The concept of the devil or this other side of ourselves being the Lord of darkness is literally being the Lord of dark matter, dark energy, which is what constitutes most of the world. And being a Lord of lies was not that it was a deceiver. It was simply the same context of the concept of Maya, that Maya is the illusion, that this world is an illusion. This world is a lie. So to be a Lord of lies is to be a Lord or a master of your senses, a master of the world, you know, which is again, the direct number or the purpose of this. So the section on the Lord of Lies is really our kind of summary. This is where technologies like neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, psychology, and a good understanding of quantum mechanics kind of comes into the frame where we can honestly start to question the model of reality that we are unconsciously holding in place. And I say those words are very specifically unconsciously holding it in place. You see, because it is what is at the heart of your model of reality. I don't care how positive thinking you are. You may be pumping your day up with all kinds of positive affirmations, but then you wake up in the morning, you're like, why the do I have to do this? You know, or it's just going to be the same as yesterday. That's your core model of reality. That's the real thing that is progenerating your day. And unless you're going into the heart, you're going into the unconscious, you're going into the core and you're making that shift, you're not going to achieve the results. In fact, this is the symbolism that we see in every tradition, you know, Jesus sacrificing, uh, being sacrificed, um, and then dying and then being reborn. Odin sacrificing himself to himself and the same process to die and then be reborn with the knowledge of the runes. This is the stepping into the unconscious and the working of it. So we need a tool system here. We need a set of tools that we can utilize. And there are many across the board. Now, I teach a very specific one. Um, and it's just because it's the one that helped me the most. You know, I found that the utilization and the mastering of neurolinguistic programming and all that kind of stuff um, was a fundamental one when I was looking for quick practical tools. You know, when I was trying to, for example, resolve the idea of um, how what duality is, what yin and yang is in terms of an esoteric idea. I mean, I understood philosophically that um, yin and yang was this two kind of polar energies and relationship to the Tao. But what did this actually mean in context of my own life? You know, in terms of my relationships, in terms of my communication, what is this masculine feminine force? What is pain and pleasure? And how is this driving my perceptions and my unconscious decisions and my behaviors? And these are very key ideas that I think is really worth the study and really worth the exploration. So once we kind of understand our why and we're starting to take this time to really understand our soul's purpose in this life and we're no longer being driven by the senses you know this momentary oh i want this but why do i want that you know why do i want the car why do i want the money why do i want the relationship and i start to understand what these value systems of myself are behind that i'm starting to see who i really am and i can start living for myself then again we start applying this lord of lies ideas we start applying the psychologies to create those shifts and figure out how do I, you know, release the self-sabotage. But this is still at the conscious level. You know, there's this idea that there's these two nervous systems, you know, the gut brain and then the normal nervous system. And there's a lot of work and research around this, but I think it's 
it's when we start to explore this gut brain that we come into the third module, you know, what I call the fountain of youth, because that's really where our youth and our vitality and our energy is very much seated. It's the energy to even take action. You know, once we overcome this mental kind of struggle sometimes and we kind of figure out our whys and we, we start realizing the resistance, we're not often fully conscious of the level of that impact. You know, I mean, we live in a society where we're not being promoted for self-care and for self-love and for healing and for vulnerability. And it's very difficult for people to, to, because of the gender roles and because of the political roles and all this other falsities, we pull ourselves further away from ourselves and we've lost relationship with our body. And this is something that can only be solved. And this is why I call the, the next one, the fountain of youth, because it's that search for the Holy Grail. It's that journey within, because once I start going past my conscious brain and my subconscious and, my, and I go into my unconscious, I'm really getting in touch with the soma. I'm really starting to get in touch with the body. And this is where I start building this deeper personal relationship with my energy field. You know, it is when I go into the meditation and I ask my body what's wrong without assuming I know what is wrong. Because that's an intellectualization. You know, that is me mentally going, oh, I know what the problem is. This is you stuck in the knowns. You know, as long as you, you're stuck in the knowns and you think you have all the answers, you're just gonna keep recreating the same stuff you've been creating. We need to step outside of the known, outside of the box of the neocortex, so to speak. And the only way we do that is by disassociating from it and associating to our soma, to our body, and going into the body and bringing awareness into where the pain is and letting us kind of drop down into those spaces and feel the stuff. Now, this opens us to an entire spectrum of study from acupuncture to deeper meditation to energy practices to yoga, um, various forms of meditation, all are methods that you can be applying and that you should be looking into and investigating you know, in part of your practice. It's good that you're doing the psychology. It's good that you're planning the goals and you're looking at your resistance and you're mentally kind of solving these problems and you're you know, setting up beliefs and stuff that get you there, but it's time to dive in. You know, when we get to the third stage, it's time to dive in and go, why isn't your energy there? You know, why isn't your body responding to these things? And dive into that and really look at what's happening at that level. This is oftentimes where we find that when we're dealing with diseases and we're dealing with other kinds of issues and things that we don't understand, you know, we're bouncing from doctor to doctor, and we're not getting the solutions. It's really because there's something deeper. There's a trauma, there's difficulties. And this is the time where we step back and we look at those traumas and we allow ourselves the space for healing. It is so important because if we don't get these two, this is what I call the mother and the father of magic. You know, it's, you know, the father is that logical analytical kind of stuff that we get in that anti-paradigm, in that Lord of Lies section, you know, that stage of our development. The mother is the soma. It's when I get in touch with the body and I get to open up to her and I get her to speak through me. And I'm like, why am I unconsciously stumbling? Why am I not confident in my movement? You know, what's coming through when I look at dance therapy and when I look at yoga and, and all these things, what is the resistance, the old stories that have been stuck that deep inside of myself? Because that's where the most important work comes and again now this brings me to kind of like the fourth stage you know the fourth stage is you know there's many ways to describe this you know it's the tree of life um, it's the hero's journey um, I like the model of the tarot cards because the tarot cards brings both of these psychologies together and, and tarot again 
wasn't initially really created as a form of fortune telling. It's it's a form of divination and divination is really just to divine what's going on within. It's a map, if you will, of this unconscious of the soma. The same way that if we look at all the astrological signs, we see the this entire zodiac being placed on the body. We find the exact same thing here. We see that the entire tree of life and the entire tarot card is the map literally placed on our psychological journey. In fact, if you're familiar at all with Joseph Campbell's work in the hero's journey, and please, if you have not yet, I recommend you go pick up that book right now and you make it a study. Not only has it been implied successfully to help businesses grow in terms of their marketing, um, write some of the best films that we've seen, but also in terms of just personal growth. Joseph Campbell noticed that this common pattern existed and it does exist because this is literally the journey each of us has to walk spiritually. We all have to go through those stages and they're so beautifully defined because this is the process through which our sexual identity begins to transmute into a greater spiritual identity. You see, before you even get into the practice of sexual magic, you need to abstain or free yourself from those limited paradigms around sex. And you need to come to a space where you can worship the divine through the other. And in order to do that, you need to come to a place where you can worship yourself as divine, see yourself as divine. And it's in this where we get to deep dive into things like the elemental nature of our sexuality um, and how that energy once united through a common purpose can start to grow and expand consciousness itself. And it's this expansion of consciousness that we call the ladder of lights in Kabbalah. It is when I raise from my Malkuf, which means my current reality, my current model of reality, and we've already spoken about that. And I start to expand into the, into the planets, into these higher archetypes, into these more expanded modes of experience and reality. And this is, you know, before I even get into the practice of ceremonial magic or spiritual magic or anything like that, this is the stuff I want to have grounded. Because in having this grounded, I know where I'm going. And if I know where I'm going, it's going to be a lot faster to get there. You know, I remember practicing certain techniques for years without getting some results, but not really getting profound results. And because at the core of my, my heart, I didn't know where I was going. And I don't say that you're going to know everything because part of spirituality is oftentimes discovering what is unconscious. You know, as Ramfa says, making known the unknown. And many of us are spiritual pioneers. You know, we're, we're revolutionizing a lot of ancient systems in modern ways. So, but it's useful that there is a map and this map can be repeated. So, you know, a great study of tarot, a great study of Kabbalah and the Tree of Life. And again, this is all stuff that we do cover extensively um, in the cult. But it's also something that you as a dedicated seeker can find yourself and can explore yourself. And there are many patterns that you can look at. You can look at various systems from shamanism to tantra to yoga. The thing that I'm going to say to you that just is don't think of them all as a whole. But instead, study them to the extent and then look at all the other systems and ask yourself, what do they have in common? What are the similarities? Because this is where truth gets realized. Truth is not my truth or your truth. You know, those are individual truths and narratives that we create to produce reality. But fundamental truth is the shared commonality. You know, it is what do I, you, and the entire universe have in common? You know, what is the consistent principle across the board? And when we start looking at that, this is when we start getting out of the ego. Um, in terms of our teachings, in terms of our growth. And this is when we get to separate ourselves a little bit from this preconceived notions of constantly reproducing our own reality and our own experience. So those are some you know, pretty big ideas already. And again, we're only now at um, 
you know, what we could probably say is what the fourth la step on this 12-step ladder. So again, this is not, you know, true spirituality and true mastery. It's not an overnight thing. You don't just oh, get the idea. You need to immerse yourself. You know, you need to, you need to go through kind of like your 10 years um, of mastery or your 10,000 hours. You know, if you're, if you're going to take that much of time to master your craft, you should be taking that amount of time to, to really engage in spirituality and get out of this quick fix mentality. Um, it is work. It is daily discipline, it is daily habits that kind of get you to that space. And I also think that's the problem with a lot of people, which kind of brings me to the next module. And that next module, I like to refer to as the ghost inside of the machine. And the reason I like to call it that, or that next stage is, you know, a lot of people try and jump to the magic, you know, at this point, they kind of start discovering these things, they discover the stuff that they're lacking, and they want to get the quick fixes because they're still a part of that psychology inside of them. And, you know, the quick fixes always lead to longer work and more trouble because ultimately what the individual is doing is they're avoiding taking responsibility. That's it. You know, um, sometimes they're like, oh, I need a love spell. Uh, you could do a love spell or you could just go out and make yourself vulnerable and go and talk to people. But I don't want to make myself vulnerable. I don't want to face the real stuff inside me. This is where the growth is. You know, it's it's the uncomfortable stuff. You know, it's I'd rather go um, take a break, take a nap, than do that extra few hours of work on this passion project that I've got. And this is why before I believe someone should be learning um, ceremonial magic or the more advanced arts and things like that, that they should be imparted this and here's a there's a very specific reason i say this and it's true in my own experience when i was young and i was very spiritually inclined not very materialistic just you know spend way too much time in meditation way too much time in practice i became very good at developing my upper center so i was um very clairvoyant very intuitive i could read energies i was one of those people that at the age of 17 18 i was running gigantic um you know, clairvoyant circles, telling people all these profound messages and gaining all these wonderful insights and things to do with my life. And then I had a breakdown. And the reason I had the breakdown was simply because I didn't develop the lower chakras. You know, I developed all these higher chakras and got all these insights and profound ideas and they became overwhelming because I did not have the means or the personality to bring them to being. You know, I was seeing things about creating films and productions and all these things, but I could not really talk to people. You know, let alone put myself in high pressure negotiations. I didn't develop the lower centers at that level. And this is why the next phase, you know, comes into a strong point. And this is the ghost in the shell. And this is where I think one needs to be learning influence. You need to be learning persuasion so you can influence and persuade not only others to your vision, but yourself. Because here's the fact, you know, a lot of people might go, oh, you know, influence is bad. Here's the facts. All right unless you're influencing this world's point of view, someone else is. It's that simple. This is just the nature of the game, the nature of reality. You can't say good morning to someone without manipulating them. It's a fact. You know, by telling a person good morning, you're making an assumption of the morning being a certain way. You're selling a frame. It's that simple. You know, whether it's selling uh, the frame of a good morning or selling a Pepsi, it's still selling. And either you're gonna learn to do this in a way that empowers you, or someone else is. And if you're a spiritual person, if you have a good value of true value and you're not doing this consciously, then you're partly responsible about why this world is messed up in the first place. And I know that's a hard truth to hear from many of us because you wanna be good, but that's that old phrase, you know, when good people don't do anything that is sin enough. 
And that's the fact because right now out there, there are people selling narratives that are destroying us. You know, right now out there, there's people pushing ideas and concepts, and not because they're manipulative or evil, but because they don't know better, and this is just how the world works. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, is not a description of a biblical deity. It is a realization of the power of language to manipulate reality by manipulating the views of people, and as such, consciousness itself. And this is why this is an area you need to master. And it's while you're mastering this, you start to understand the nature of trance. Not trance from the isolated Buddhist point of view that's out in the mountain, because let's be honest, that serves nobody. I don't care how enlightened you are inside of a mountaintop. If you can't maintain that state of peace in a boardroom, you haven't mastered it. It's that simple. And you're deluding yourself and it's all that there is. So you may be, again, like I was channeling higher chakras, but without the capacity to realize them, it is meaningless and it is worthless. We need people that are going to bring these things into practice and into experience. And it's while we do this, while we're starting to discover this power of, of trance and the trances people walk in all the time. And this is all the time happening. You know, we always go and complain about how people are just sharing the dumbest stuff on the Internet. Well, that's because the people and, you know, I'm guilty of this myself. I'm a, I'm a technology evangelist. I understand technology. And hence why one of the chapters we have inside of this thing is the technomancer. You know, because how do we apply all these things at a digital level? Because this is the language that we're speaking today. But it's about selling attention because if you've got attention, you've got trance. That's that simple. People aren't post posting things that they don't researching because they're dumb. They're doing it because they're in trance. And we need to understand this and we need to realize this for its effects that it has on ourselves because we know how we can program our own mind through trance. And this is why I say that when you're at this stage and you're starting to apply these things so that you avoid your delusion, that you're testing your things by testing them against real people and real world scenarios, you know, going out and hacking the hologram, as we like to say, where you're looking at the feedback you're getting instead of your own delusions. And you're seeing if it's relevant to market and you're seeing if you're getting those responses from people because there you can calibrate whether it's in your head or it's real. And you can keep refining yourself and your techniques and your communication because that's what magic is. Magic fundamentally is the result of your communication both consciously and unconsciously that's it you know it's the energy you're emitting out unconsciously it's the communication you're emitting out consciously they're all there hence why so many people sabotage themselves when we say oh you know i'm doing the ritual but yeah then they go out and they play coy or they 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 keep themselves from following the intuition that says they should speak to this person or try that thing you know if you're not doing it at all levels you're sabotaging your magic at some kind of space and that's where a lot of people need to create the big big changes, the big shifts inside of themselves. But it's now while we're at this space and we're actively testing, now, now you're really at a space where developing the psychic portions of the brain or the deeper portions of the psyche, these subtle psychic senses in these inner senses becomes practical. And because now you've done a bit of the work on your psychology and you've done work on your energy body, and you've built that relationship with what I would like to call the God within, you know, in the sense where you're not talking to your body, you're talking with your body. You've got a communication happening between you and your unconscious mind. You're kind of looking at your dreams, you're looking what's coming up, and you're really building a healthy relationship with yourself at a fundamental level. 
now is where the amazing change just starts to kind of come in because now you're kind of opening up to these psychic and spiritual dimensions. Um, and this is when we start seeing the orbs and we start seeing these lights and we start getting these intuitions and these experiences from what you could define as your higher self, your, your daemon, your guides, you know, the universe, whatever you want to use as the label or the symbol to represent this, this dimension of the self. What now happens that becomes so interesting is now when we start doing the mirror gazing and we start seeing the different forms and shapes coming through the mirror, um, or we start doing the focus techniques with the candle, or we start practicing Hakulan, we start seeing this energy kind of manifesting, this is now when it has meaning. Not only does it have meaning, but it starts giving us this deeper intuition, not only of ourselves anymore, but now of others. Because now we start to recognize self at a more global level. You know, we start to recognize self at a deeper stage where we get to experience it um, as a collective. And this is why one of the oldest spiritualist teachings are still and classically always will be. Firstly, the reason magic works is because we're all connected. You know, so whatever magic we're doing to others is really magic we're doing to ourselves. And it's because we change as a result of magic that the world changes. Because we are fundamentally one being, one mind. We are an entangled whole. And this is why it's so important for us to operate from a place of love. And by love, I don't necessarily mean a romantic love, but I mean a unity, a sense of rapport with the universe, with others and myself. Because that, my friends, is the opening gate. You know, we all know buyer's remorse. You know, when somebody just sold you something versus when someone sincerely cared about you. And even though while they were persuasive and influential, you knew they had your best interest at heart. You know, so look at that. And I'm kind of going to stop these, you know, module kind of journeys because I think this is already a ton of content and a ton of ideas to kind of just think through. We'll continue the rest, the other six components in 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 a, in a follow up lecture, um, and or a follow up podcast where we can go into those a little bit more as well and we can look at these stages. But I feel this is the first half. You know, in the uh, Stephen R. Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he defines those stages of, you know, the inner independence and interdependence or the inner game versus the outer game. This is the first one. You know, this is the, the inner core stuff. And I feel that if you've got this down, you are you are solid. You know, then going into any magical, mystical enchantment, um, shamanic, you know, plant work, whatever it is, you're going to go and you're going to reap the real benefits of it. And you're not going to create more complications for yourself. And you're also not going to go shopping hungry. You know, you're not going to go there because you're going to those systems to fill a need that's empty inside of yourself that you should have been filled within first. And this is the part of spirituality isn't usually taught. You know, this is stuff that's kind of ignored and taken out of the equation, which is really where the golden golden goose is. It's where the joy is. You know, but again, that golden goose is, you know, that golden touch. If we're just trying to touch this, we're disconnecting because we didn't, we didn't fully connect with our core. So this, is, this has been a couple of profound ideas, and I hope they've been useful for you as concepts. Again, um, if you do end up subscribing you know, with the cult and that's a practice you go, we go into detail with all of these things and you have the option of some coaching calls available where you get to speak to me personally or you know, any of the other practitioners inside of, inside of our temple to kind of discuss those ideas and explore those ideas. But I'm gonna try and bring you as many kind of great teachers and, and philosophers and spiritual seekers as I can throughout these podcasts and these sessions to really help you narrow and get those ideas down. Because the fact of the matter is, until we are all free, none of us are free. You know, so ultimately, as much as we can each look at our own growth, we are in this together. 
you know, brothers and sisters. We are in this together as a single people. You know, for a long time, we've isolated ourselves from society when we have so much love to give, so much insight and so much goodness and so much knowledge. And it's time that that gets brought to the front. It's time that we start looking at these arts, not only as sacred and beautiful, but as integral to our lives. You know, it's very easy for people to kind of like put on their, um, you know, CV, their religious view if they're right-hand path. But what about left-hand path people? You know, about being shamed for it. And that's wrong. And it's because we shamed ourselves because we don't take our system seriously. And when there is seriousness, this is not not some weird strange path this is the development of all the systems and all the technologies that are out there because i believe if you're listening to this you like me are a seeker of truth and a seeker of real answers and you're willing to challenge yourself and break yourself open in order to get to the truth and that's why i respect you and that's why i love you and i think you know this is going to be a powerful journey for everybody so with that being said um do join me next week um all these podcasts are now going to be changing after this one and i'm going to be releasing one every wednesday they may increase over time but that's going to be the initial format as we start building them and i'm happy to say that my first guest for the show will be the mind walker himself tony wake uh, an absolute genius influencer and persuader one of the best hypnotists in the world one of the top 10 hypnotists in the world master of instantaneous induction hypnosis nlp and just an absolute genius um, also one of the teachers inside of the cult uh, who's going to be sharing some of his ideas specifically in the in the section we've just finished talking about so i'm very excited to bring his ideas and his concepts to you and please again I'm Adam Knox. Share with me your questions and your feedback. Drop me a mail at info at thecult.co.za. And I'm looking forward to your comments and your ideas and bringing them up. Um, I've got a large list of amazing um, guests that we're, we're busy prepping and setting up interviews for. So hopefully we'll be able to get a full spectrum of ideas. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you, you know of a good teacher or a good philosopher, someone that you'd like to see on the show, please get in touch and let us know and maybe we can make that happen. For now, believe in your magic and go ahead and create your reality because within you is the potential of all worlds. You are a divine being and your thoughts are quantum realities that are the responsibility of you to bring into this world for the rest of us to see what's possible. That's Adam Knox for you in another episode of The Cult. Thanks for joining me and have a fantastic day. 